What's up? What's up? It's Wednesday. I'm here in the studio, Permanent Records in Austin, Texas. The doors to the clubhouse are open. It is time for the Club Cool podcast. And I am here joined by longtime unofficial co-host, Phil Battaglia. What's going on, Phil? Hey, how you doing? Like to keep it unofficial. Like to keep it unofficial. Yes. It's officially unofficial. Right. Is what it is. But that's how we like it. That's the thing about it. Um, you've just got back from a trip, Phil. I did. Yeah. I'm um, um, itchy. You you um, went to the intersection of style and pop culture. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. That's right. No, you were you were back up in Northern California. Yes, and right? I've been saying. By the way, I, I realized when I was on the flight talking to this woman next to me that I've been saying it wrong the whole time. It's not Arcata, California. Uh-huh. It's Arcata. Arcata. Yeah. Okay. I'm an idiot. That's. But that doesn't surprise me. I say. I don't have very good um, vocabulary. Did you did you have your 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 tattoo out? Is that how the conversation got started? Uh, no, the no. conversation got started as to what the hell am I doing flying to Arcata? Oh, so you can actually fly to Arcata? Yeah, you have to connect. So what's the flight path there? You go to, you fly from Austin to San Francisco? Usually, but this time I connected at LAX. Okay. Um, first time in LA was beautiful. Yeah. Got to go check out all the the hot spots. Did you? No. <laughs> I stayed in the terminal for an hour and a half. Oh, I thought like I was and, like, wait, you didn't tell me you were doing a you were doing a couple of days uh, of of jaunting around no, LA as well. Didn't get to do anything in LA. Okay, so um, just just uh, just transferred flights there. That's right. Yeah, uh, and then you get on a a, a quick one to Arcata, um, their little airport. It's it's pretty good. You know, there's only like there's one gate. Okay, if you were going to drive from. San Francisco. San Francisco. Five How long hours. is that drive? Five hours. Five hours. Yes. Dang. Okay. We did that the first time. This is further north. Yes. All right. It's nearly uh, up to the border of Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Up into the uh, the depths of the Pacific Northwest. That is right. Where right now it is probably uh, in the fifties, sixties, possibly. Okay. I mean, they don't get north of sixty five degrees ever, ever. Wow. Yeah. She said if if we're in the sixties, it's pretty shocking that's a uh that's a microclimate for you that's right that's what they call it <laughs> is that right <laughs> well they, san francisco is a microclimate as well because of the bay because of where uh-huh. it's situated it doesn't follow the same weather patterns as like 20 miles away from it at all so we w- the first time we went we went to a giants baseball game it was july mm-hmm. and i was wearing a patagonia yeah with yeah. a hoodie underneath it was freezing yeah their warmer months are actually they're fall months. Is that right? Like the warmest months in San Francisco are like August through October. Well, um, still love that city, San Francisco. Yeah. Arcata is um, one hell of a place. If y'all are ever in the area, highly recommend. Um, so it's a cool town, even though it's far away and small. It is. It's not something that you would like take a vacation to go see. Mm-hmm. However, if you're driving through sure. uh, on your way to San Francisco or whatever, I would highly recommend stopping. All right, so... What were you doing in Arcata for the people that are new, for the people that, that don't know where I'm going with this? Um, I was buying a lot of weed. <laughs> Which, by Just the way, I was— stacks of edibles. I had no idea the first time I went that that was like what's now been referred to as the, the Emerald Triangle. Okay. Uh, so I don't think I know what the Emerald Triangle is. I, well, I don't really either, other than it is like the mecca for marijuana production in the United States. Oh, okay. And it's yeah. all around where you were. Yes, not yeah. just in Arcata, but the surrounding areas. Okay, okay. So, yeah, no, yeah. the real reason I was there was getting the finishing touches on my um, tattoo. Yes. And it couldn't have gone better. It was by far the easiest two sessions I've ever done. Now, specifically, what was happening, you 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 have, like, this full sleeve. It's all It was all black and white up until mm-hmm. this trip. And this was this trip was essentially dedicated to the coloring and the shading of, of the tattoo, That's right. right. That's yeah. right. And so it was, you know— I was so naive going into it. The first session, you know, I was there for the first two days. Mm-hmm. I asked him, I was like, so you think we'll get some color in this first time? He's like, no, <laughs> man. <laughs> Little did I know, it'd take nearly a year to get it totally finished. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we did. We had two sessions, and um, it couldn't have gone better. It was incredible. We got to see the new studio that Brian, uh, Brian Kaneko, who is a tattooer that, that did it for me, was um, – Nice enough to take my email back in the day. He's not easy to get an appointment with, and yeah. I did. I was thankful for that. Um, it's been a journey. Uh, it's it's an intimate process when you're sitting there for hours on end with somebody, you know, painting on you basically right. yep. with a needle. Um, so it was a lot of fun, and I could not be 
more aesthetic to show this off. So between the, the two sessions this time, how many hours under the needle was that? Uh, this last time, it was two days. The first day, um, a little less than six hours. And then um, day two was only a half day. We got it done quickly. There was only two okay. peonies to color in, so half that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's okay. And we, you mentioned, I, I, I know you've answered this before, but is he... Is this a regular tattoo needle? Yes. Okay. It is not Tabori, which, which some people like call like stick and poke. Stick and poke, yeah. Okay. Right. No, he which is, is way more labor intensive and longer. It and just takes painful. twice as long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, it's not as, I think it would be less painful. And oh. from what I've understood, it is less painful because okay. if, you, or if you're if you using a traditional um, tattoo machine, which mm-hmm. is what most people use, um, you're it's a lot more penetration mm-hmm. and it's it's dragging across the skin whereas okay. the tabori needle is in out in okay. out in gotcha out. um and from what i understand the healing process is a bit quicker uh when you go that route however i am well underway healing and um if that's why i'm wearing long sleeves it's not very beautiful right now do you have it wrapped in like saran wrap no <laughs> <laughs> no but you do you do that the first 24 hours or yeah, you know yeah. 12 hours or whatever but no, it it's in it's basically just like it looks like if you were to be sunburned, you're peeling. Uh huh. And so that le- that 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 layer is sloughing off. Okay. And, well, the uh, the good news is that right after it's all done, it it, it hasn't like the the wound hasn't like set yet. No, so it's, it's still, beautiful. It lo- so it looks beautiful, and you have some pictures on your Instagram. Yeah. At P Batag, uh, if you want to go see those, it is. It's a like the tattoo has been cool since the very first session since you came back mm-hmm. since it was just black and white essentially right but I didn't realize like how next level the color takes it isn't it crazy it's wild I know it's really really something uh, it looks fantastic by the way so congratulations thank you is it officially over was that the last session it it was the last session for a while if you go on my Instagram you'll notice that there is a blank spot. Uh, I wanted to have a box in the middle there or just somewhere just to break it up. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it being blank for a very long time, yeah. but I have some ideas for it. Okay. If that comes up, um, I'll get that done. Yeah. But yeah. right now, there's no plans. Um, that was our final session for now. Okay. Stay tuned. Right. So maybe in a few years, you will, you'll get a portrait of... Uh, uh, I don't know, maybe Julia Louis-Dreyfus as <laughs> Vice President Selena Meyer uh-huh. right in that box. Yeah, you never yeah. know. Or something cool like that. Yes, <laughs> something cool like that. That's right, some HBO show. So a, a dedication to an HBO show, right. preferably, I uh-huh. would say, is where you is, is what that should be dedicated for. Well, if that's what you think, then we'll consider it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, what, what's next for... Are, are, do you have do you have the bug now? Like, do you foresee any more art on your body? Are you going to move into piercings? <laughs> Can we expect uh, Phil to stroll in here, uh, Secretary of Swagriculture, with a septum piercing anytime soon? <laughs> you have nothing to worry about when it comes to that. I am such a weenie if it, when it comes to like. Big needles and piercings. Okay, that make you can you, that there's like a difference for you there. There is a huge difference. Here's another example. I've been skydiving. I would never go bungee jumping. Okay, yeah, right? That's that, weird. It's weird, that is isn't weird. it? Yeah. But there's it's just two different things to me. Uh-huh. Bungee jumping. Um, I don't know. It just freaks me the hell out. But there, there is. I've never done either. I don't anticipate ever doing either. Really, mm-hmm. but there is something about. Now and and I've I've never been in the plane. Yeah, but there's something about being ten thousand feet up where you're like you're almost like removed from the immediate danger. Of you it. exactly. You can't see death staring you in the face. Yeah, which Whereas is a bungee cord. If you're 150 feet up in right. the air, it's like the you, the ground is right there, and it's up to you to jump. Yeah, when you're skydiving, you're going to be tandem to somebody. You're right. You're just along for the ride. <laughs> So <laughs> that's a good point, you know, uh, but no piercings. I'm totally out on um, as far as for myself. Uh, that's a whole nother world. OK. I mean, there's some wild stuff out there. And as far as piercings. Yeah. Like we went. Ashley, my wife, got her uh, cartilage in her ear pierced mm-hmm. at this place here in Austin called Diablo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a whole nother world, dude, from going into like a tattoo studio to going into a piercing studio that. The, the clientele, the the people that work there, yeah. it, it's like a, a more of a surgical procedure. Okay. Everything has to be sterilized in this machine. You, you sit there and you wait. Um, 
big needles. Mm. Uh, it's intimidating. Yeah. And gauges, like those, like stretching and stuff like that, really give me the creeps. Oh, I don't. Yeah. That's. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, right on. If you have that, that's cool. But no, I have. Uh, I wouldn't say that I have like the tattoo bug. Like, I'm going to go start getting just nonstop tattoos. Like, some people go, like, mm-hmm. well, it's their birthday or any occasion. Now they're getting a tattoo for any, any reason. Right. No. Okay. If I get something else, uh, don't be surprised, but it will be well thought out. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit... I, I feel like if you get something very small, that's kind of like the gateway drug. Yeah. But you just move right on to like, something so large-scale uh-huh. that it's not like... It, maybe it's like not quite the same as like, oh, I have something little here, and I'm going to get something little here, and I'm going to get something little here, where you're kind of like piecing yeah. together yeah. five or six or seven or eight small things. You kind of have all that already. In yeah. one larger piece. A lot of people get, you know, one small tattoo or one medium-sized tattoo and then end up building off of that and creating some sort of sleeve, whether it's on your leg or your arm or whatever. Um, I personally just would ra- – I r- wanted something cohesive that flowed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I've kind of leapfrogged into that realm. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe a, maybe a leg sleeve next, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know, dude. That would be the shin – <laughs> would be extremely painful. <laughs> I gotta think that like upper thigh, upper like thigh. towards your trunk. Oh, dude, that Any, feels like it would be painful too. It's, it's, the whole, yeah, yeah, messing it, with your legs. Anything on the legs, legs feel more sensitive than than arms. Yeah, you know, for me, like everybody was, you know, warning you about the elbow is going to be the worst thing ever. It mm-hmm. was not. Like my elbow is completely covered. Yes, it's pretty much black. And the reason was, I mean, I didn't know until he got started that he was going to do it anyway, but. Um, it, it wasn't as sensitive as the inside of where my arm, where my bicep and forearm me, which is called the ditch. That was, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. far the, the spiciest spot okay. for sure. All right. So how, how much long, how, what is the healing process? How much longer until it's just out there shining in magnificent glory? <laughs> uh, I don't really know. To be honest, like the, the, the healing process for the last sessions, I would estimate another month. Yeah. Yeah, until yeah. It, if it's full, it, it won't get fully healed for at least another three to four months, mm-hmm. or maybe even longer. Right. But for this first layer to peel off, yeah. Very good. Another month. Well, it looks awesome. Um, Thank you. Get once again, if you want to go see photos of of Phil's sleeve, that's at Pebatag on Instagram. And uh, yeah, man, it's it, it was a cool process, and it, it the color is just really, really good. Thank you. I, I was your boy uh, Brian did a did a really nice. Yeah, job there. like I can't take any credit for this. I'm yeah. just sitting there taking it. Brian is the artist. He's the guru. Yeah, he's incredible. All right. Well, we've got a good show for you today. Uh, Going to do a little bit of update as far as sales season. Talk about the Patreon again. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of columns that one released, one forthcoming that uh, that you can check out there as far as um, you know what I'm looking at right now. And I'll talk about that in just one second, and then we're also going to jump into Veep, Can't the wait. series as a whole. Can't wait. But before that, let's hear from a sponsor real quick. Let's talk about Lisa. Yeah, you know me. You know us here at the Club Cool Podcast. We love Lisa mattresses. Love you, baby. Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life, and God knows I need rest, and I need it to be good. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. It certainly is the foundation of a healthier, happier me. Sleep on this thing every night and cannot get enough. Because to Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary that you want to spend time in. That's what the Lisa mattress is all about. It's inviting comfort. You want to be there. You get great rest. You feel better. Lisa has two options on mattresses. You can go with their most popular popular multi-layer foam mattress. It's got contouring, pressure-relieving support. Or you can go with the hybrid mattress, formerly known as the Sapira. That's what I sleep on. It's the most advanced luxury hybrid mattress. It has premium foam as well as springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support. It's also thoughtfully designed, and it's kind of got the best of both worlds in mind. It's a phenomenal mattress. I've had it for quite some time now. I mean, not quite some time. I've had it for a, a year or two, and it's uh, it's just as good as as day one, man. I'm 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 happy as a clam, as they say in this thing. And you can be too. <laughs> you need to go to lisa.com/cool. 
That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash cool. Use promo code cool. You will get 15% off any mattress for a limited time. And Lisa is a company. They care. They care. You know, they give back. They donate one mattress for every 10 that they sell through organizations that work in great causes. To date, they've donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 different nonprofits. If you've been paying attention to Club Cool for a while, you'll notice that that number of mattresses donated, it keeps ticking up, man. These things are popular. They're made in the USA. You get in-home delivery. Setup is available. Financing is also available. You got to check them out. It's awesome. The best sleep you're ever going to get. Once again, that's lisa.com slash cool. Use promo code cool for 15% off of a mattress. And oh yeah, 100 night risk-free trial. No risk here. You get 100 nights to decide if this thing is for you. Check them out. All right, Phil. Before we jump into our longer conversation about the television show Veep. Yes. I just wanted to give you some updates on sale season. First and foremost... I was asked for my Essence sale picks. They've got a sale going on. And I posted kind of my, my top 10, if you will, on our Patreon. That, By the way, let me pause here. That was a great – that for – I would pay more than $2 for that. <laughs> you, you went in-depth on each piece. There's links. Uh, it's well thought out. It's not some huge, long, like 50-piece list. Right. Um, that was very good. And I, I think that everybody in the, in, in the club – We'll, we'll get a lot of use out of that. Well, I know you. I did. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I always feel a little weird posting, especially like a list that's like 10 things from Essence, because I know it's a pricier website. And I know that like not everybody is, is, that is listening to the show is like stomaching $300 shorts or whatever it yeah. is, whatever crazy thing that it is that, that, you know, I'm currently lusting after. So this week, I'm also going to find some time to do. Uh, a list for like J Crew's been running like big sales just like they always do. So I'll probably do my top ten on on J Crew, even if the sale is over right this second. Even if whatever the last one that they ran is over, they'll be doing another one. So I'm just gonna do <laughs> my sure. like my my top ten J Crew picks right now, and then inevitably you will get somewhere in between thirty and sixty percent off of whatever <laughs> it is that I that I put on there. But there's great stuff all over the place, and this is one of the things that we're gonna be offering on Patreon is these kind of like breakdowns of of uh, of stuff that would be great addition to your wardrobe. Mm-hmm. But the Essence one was really fun to do because, man, I just like, I, I, whenever I write these columns like this, it like gives me a chance to kind of analyze exactly what it is that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And so it, towards the end of my list is uh, a pair of shorts from a brand called Diet Butcher Slim Skin. <laughs> Very obscure brand. The only reason that I know about this brand is because I've shopped it on Essence before. Because I've seen their offering. Yeah. I don't have anything from them. This is like a pair of like Cupro. The material is, is 100% Cupro. And it's like these like silky looking floral shorts. And they're totally bad shit. But I really, really want them. Do you own any Cupro, bro? Any, like any, anything that is made of that material? Yeah. Where I've experienced Cupro is in two different places. In a, in a lining of a jacket. Uh-huh. And I have a t-shirt. It's one of my favorite t-shirts of all time that is a blend it's like a cotton blend, and it's got some Cupro in it. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's it's it's. I would say it's most similar to like silk, probably. Yeah. If it's a it's a kind of a slick, uh-huh. satiny material. Yeah. Um, but that got me thinking about like, sale season is great for a multitude of different things. Mm-hmm. One of the things I also list on there is just like an APC graphic T-shirt. Yeah. Because that's the type of stuff that I pretty much never buy at full price exactly like because you be, just because you don't need to yeah i'll like, put i'll put one on there as well the stuff doesn't sell out yeah and inevitably it goes anywhere from 30 to 60 percent off and that's when i like stack like apc and rag and bone graphic tees and i usually gra- i usually can grab them for somewhere in between like 40 and 65 dollars right and, and it's tough to to stomach a like 150 160 dollar right. t-shirt yeah or north of that um, but I, so, you know, like I get wardrobe essentials, like good looking graphic tees, frequently find denim on sale. I've got an awesome pair of nudie jeans listed on this, uh, on this editorial. Uh, but it, the, the, these shorts in particular just kind of got me thinking about the stuff that sales season does make you do mm-hmm. occasionally, which is make terrible decisions. I'm about to make one right now. <laughs> please, please elaborate. On air. 
<laughs> I had no idea. I'm going through John Elliott right now. And, uh, since they have the rider jacket, uh huh, and they have a small, and it's on sale, and it's on like a big discount, almost. What is it? Hold on, let me go back. Oh man! But I mean, but what they don't have is extra small. You're right. If they had an extra small, I might make a really dumbass decision right here, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, no, the discount is almost forty percent off, dude. Yeah. How many does it does it tell you how many are left in stock? I don't believe that. First of all, but yeah, it says there's two items left in the small mm-hmm. category. Yeah, that's probably right. I have found that that is that those two are very accurate. Yeah. God. Um. <sighs> but but it does but see that would be a potentially uh let's see um irresponsible yes. financial decision but not just a not a bad one fashion wise <laughs> and i've made plenty of bad ones fashion wise the one right. that i alluded to on the on the uh, on the column was this leather it's a, it was essentially a leather t-shirt <laughs> oh. it was from 3.1 philip lim Oh yeah, man! Th- his stuff is off the wall. And this was, this was in the, I guess I'll say it was like the leather heyday, mm-hmm. the m- m- the most recent big time for leather. Yeah, right. we're like not only were like leather jackets just like totally and completely trending and taking over, but le- there was leather everything, everything, leather right. pants, leather tees, yeah. leather ball caps, like all sorts of shit. Like just like <laughs> give me all the leather. Yeah. And uh, and and I, you know, Kanye was wearing a lot of leather uh-huh. at the time, and I, I I had to have something like this. And I watched this. It was this. The bottom half of it was essentially neoprene. It was like a synthetic mm-hmm. kind of scuba material almost, and it had these big like embroidered waves, all tonal, all black. The whole shirt was black, and then the top, the sleeves, and the top half, and the yoke essentially yeah. were all leather. Leather. I thought this was the coolest thing ever. I got it for like seventy percent off. Um, Man, it sat in the closet for quite some time, and I finally wore it out one night. I find, the, finally the weather was right with the tags on. We were go sure. no, not, not final sale. You were baby, committed, percent. Yeah, wow. And uh, and and yeah, I wore it that one time. Felt like a goon in it. Mm-hmm. It was awkwardly fitting because of the construction with the neoprene and the leather. I don't it it like. I wore it once, man, and then it, I got home and I was like, I, I can't do this. Probably, probably went. Yeah. Went to Grail to to list that. Can thing you up. imagine wearing that in August here? No, I cannot. You'd you'd probably die. <laughs> wear wear that, wear that to like uh, you know a patio bar or something. But dude, I I I I know that I was at Key Bar for at least one drink wearing. Oh that. yes. So you know it was. Like, we need picks. But sometimes that's just. Uh, sometimes that's the way it's that. That's the way, the it, way goes. it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles and in sales season. It's honestly. It's fun to make some of those mistakes because it's how you it's how you push your boundaries. It's how you expand your horizon. That's that's how you get better at this. Is mm-hmm. by knowing when something is not actually going to like be in your wardrobe for a long time. Not you're not actually going to get to wear it. And you know, every time I make one of those mistakes, I get a little bit better at, at at choosing these more like eclectic pieces that I'm like, where I know, like, yes, okay, this is weird, but I know that I'll wear it. Where does this the the Philip Lim shirt currently reside? Oh, it's gone. Did you sell it? I sold it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. So there you go. Yeah. Um. Anyways, if you want, if you want to see these lists, if you want to see these columns, it's Patreon.com/slash/ClubCool. It is two dollars a month. And I've even set up some goals on our Patreon now. So goal number one is 100 patrons. We're almost there. The last time I checked, we were at 91 patrons. Oh, man. The goal here is to compensate the Secretary of Swagger Culture, Mr. Phil Battaglia, a.k.a. Philly Cheesesteak. That's the first goal. 100 patrons. Man, what a great goal. We're getting, we're, we're getting Phil some doll hairs Telling him that we want him to continue doing this podcast. Your boy is losing swag levels <laughs> on the reg. I, I can't buy anything. I'm in a freeze. You don't want that for Phil? Come on. Second goal, 200 patrons. We're going to open up the hotline. Oh, We're nice. getting the hotline back. I love that. Okay. That's good. And if we get to 200 patrons, or when we get to 200 patrons, yes, that hotline's going to open back up. And it will be, we will do a bonus episode with all hotline calls. Fantastic. All listener questions via the, via, via the hotline voicemails. Fantastic. So that's, that's kind of the, that's the big picture goal right now. 200 patrons, $2 a month. We're going to open the hotline back up. 
Patreon.com slash Club Cool. That's the best way you can support this show, by checking out the advertisers and by joining us on our Patreon account mm-hmm. for $2 a month. Also, we keep referring... I'm going to change... Uh, I, I If you like the name... I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to change Club Cooligans to the Cool Kids. Exactly. That's that, a good idea. You, that's what you've been that. calling them, and yeah. I like that a lot. So, okay. so Club Cooligans, you are hereby known as the Cool Kids. There you have it's it. That's a, official. It's officially changed. <laughs> it's actually not because I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. <laughs> All right, good. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I haven't actually bought anything off of the SN yeah. sale just yet. Most of the stuff that I really, really want, I'm, I'm going to try to hold out for, for, the, for the next drop. And that's why that's actually why that is maybe a fun resource for you guys because if you see anything on there that you like or that sparks ideas, then you know, you just add it to your wish list and you wait. That sale has been live for almost a week now, so probably one more week until uh, yeah. until the next drops. Speaking of drops, Sakai time Sakai yeah. Nike's yeah. tomorrow morning mm-hmm. sneakers app. I've been getting notifications, ready to take that L. Me too. Now we all know that. Okay, all four are dropping. Tomorrow. Oh, really? At nine via the sneakers app. There's the, the, the lows and the the, 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 the waffle, uh-huh. whatever they're called, the waffle LDs, and then the blazer. Okay. Two colorways in each. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I think that I know about the way the sneakers app works, you kind of have to like you kind of have to pick one for your best shot. Mm-hmm. Nine a.m. hits. Your buttons on the thing, or you're looking. You're, I actually don't know how this works on an iPhone XS because I use the, the 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 thumbprint to like to go. Yeah. Do you have an XS? I do. I use. Um, so when on the sneakers, when you try to do sneakers, does it read your face real quick to check? I don't out? know. I use Apple Pay, or at least I try to. Okay. And it never works it, anyway. I don't like, even get that far. Hmm. I get to checkout, and then it gives me an error message. Yeah. Okay. But when it when the when it pops up and it's like okay, it's going to charge you and then put you into pending. Mm-hmm. How does that happen on that phone? I think I double click um, this right button. Huh. I don't recall. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get. N- nobody's winning here. Maybe I've taken a lot of L's recently. I'm feeling. I'm jaded. I'm feeling. Bitter. I'm not feeling optimistic. It's nah. it's, it's going to be all L's tomorrow. But my question stands: which which is your pick out of the four releasing tomorrow? The blazer, the yellow colorway, the red, yellow, and blue uh-huh. blazer colorway. Yep. Okay. I think I, I I think I'm kind of torn between. I think I might go for the waffle, yeah, the waffle LD, the green and orange one. Hmm. I don't know why. I just really like that one. You probably have a better shot. You might have a better shot. And too. the dark blazer colorway, um, the black and blue. Yeah, I'm actually fifty fifty because if you think about that colorway, the yellow is is out there. It is. So you're going to be limited. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. again, it's a big, it's a lot of bang for your buck. You know, four pair of laces, two tongues per shoe, a lot of stuff coming with these shoes. I will say the only encouraging piece about this is that the StockX prices on all four pairs has come down quite a bit. What what is what was it around? My si- my size in all of them are like right around or right under four hundred. Oh wow. And they that's were, really good news. And they several of those were sitting at like six or seven hundred a few weeks back. I believe is that right? Yeah, because usually it's like double, right? What they retail at? Yeah. So this and is a little over double right now. Okay, but that's and, but th- but that's a that's generally double means it's going to be a tough shoe to get, but. More than that means it's going to be almost impossible. Right. Yeah. Like with, right, the, with the right. Travis Scott Jordan yes. One, they're like a thousand dollars. You knew that it wasn't going to happen. You knew everybody's taking L's because they're reselling for a thousand dollars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So this this is like this is going to be tough, but there's a slight chance that you could pull pull something. Wow. Especially with four being offered. Exactly. So we'll see, man. Um, we want to hear from you though. If anybody's out there, even if you're taking an L, let's hear about it. Yeah. If you if you happen to to get a pair of these, we'd love to hear. Yeah, post it up in the Patreon. That'd screen, be huge. screen grab that and post that to com- that to the community so that we can uh, we can say screw you, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> yeah, so you can get trolled. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's, that's it's the perfect. Honestly, I, I love where the price is at because if I get it, I'm going to feel really really good about it. But the resale value is not so high that I'm going to be tempted to sell. Like I'll for sure yeah. wear these. Okay, if good. I get a, if I get a pair. All right. Speaking of StockX and selling. 
a, a little bit of a sad story. Dude, I, I had to I sold my Jordan 11 Concords. Oh, bummer. They sat. Damn. And they sat. <laughs> and I would pull these out and like try to make something work with them. Yeah. I just couldn't do it, man. This is like one of my favorite shoes of all time, all time. This this shoe, and I I I love looking at them. I felt I felt like a goober every time I put them on. I my know, feet. man. Is it the patent leather? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and they're so they're just so stark, man. Like mm-hmm. that big old ring of patent leather around there, around there, shining bright like a diamond, and the rest is just. You know, hot white, hot optic white. Oh man, I remember when these first came out. They're basketball shoes, so they're kind of bulky, so they do not yeah. look good with a sl- <laughs> with slim jeans. Like so, the then the only way that I was, I felt like I was going to pull them off is with shorts. And then then I'm I'm just wearing basketball shoes, like like real like basketball shoes. You could hit the courts exactly easily, dude. I almost thought if I was more active and on like some type of intramural or you know rec league basketball, you could stun. League, Oh, I, I would have made them my basketball shoes. Yeah. I would have hooped in them. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, last last piece about that, those retailed for two twenty. So with tax from Nike, I paid almost two hundred forty bucks, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what they're going for on StockX. Damn. So it's like if I ever if you, it, worst case, you just rebuy them from StockX. What did you, what platform did you use to sell them? StockX. Okay. So I lost a little bit of money. Yeah. Well. But it's fine. Like twenty or twenty bucks. I'll, it's fine. Yeah. I lost some money on a uh, a pair of. Ultra boost that I bought from End Clothing. Mm. Uh, I, I thought that not I had recently, to, right? Eh, this year. In oh the past yeah, year, okay. yeah. Right. But I sold them on eBay, and that was the only way to get rid of them. You can't return something over overseas. It's yeah, impossible. End is tough because you got to ship that back on your own. Yes, and, and that's like a hundred bucks to the UK. Yeah, stupid. Especially for shoes, if they they weigh anything, and then mm-hmm. if you want like any type of insurance on it, yeah, it's kind of a mess. No way. So be careful over there on end. Uh, Essence ships from Canada, but free returns. One of the reasons we love that site. Yep. All right, Phil. Next segment. Let's talk about Veep. Okay. Now, have you heard that Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, my other podcast, is transitioning into being a broader TV and film podcast? I have heard something about that. Yeah. So. We're going to try to get to a lot of stuff, uh-huh. but I've always liked talking about TV and the industry and lots of different shows, and you watch different stuff, and I watch different stuff, and so some stuff there's just not going to be time for, and I feel really lucky to have Club Cool here where we can talk about the stuff that really doesn't make it onto OCC or even double up in some occasions, but Veep is one that like Ross, my co-host over on uh, Clams and Cockles, has he's basically watched like one season. Oh no! So it's he's totally out of his element. Yeah, and it's the perfect show to talk about right here because you just watched the series finale. I just watched the series finale. I think we've both been really big fans of Veep. So I, I wanted to give this show, a, you know, a little bit it's of run, due. a little bit of credit. Yeah, give it its due. Tell me how you felt about the finale because I, I feel like you were down on it. I was a little down on it um, after rewatching it, though. It is pretty funny. Um, I don't know. It just like most finales, it's going to be hard to please the 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 audience that's been with the show for the entire series. What rubbed you the wrong way initially about the finale? Just how they have to wrap up every character, their storyline. Okay, I feel like it's unnecessary. Oh, okay, okay. At the end, you know, everybody's wrapped up. I liked that. Yeah, I, it's okay, but I mean, I would. I don't know what I would rather. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't have like a storyline that I wanted to see. I thought the series finale was pretty perfect. It was a it was a fitting ending. I thought it, it was, and, and but they <laughs> they took it like not too far, like w- like over the edge far, making her out to be just the the worst person on the planet. Well, so yeah, that that's an interesting point that that I wanted to bring up. So let's do it now. This season, in particular, but also last season, also the previous season. I felt like they turned the dial up mm-hmm. on how bad of a person she was. Right. But 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 maybe that was kind of Look, she was never a good person. Right. In the early seasons, I think that maybe she had a little bit more compassion. That it was kind of it was more two sides fighting. It was like the ambition fighting against the, you know, mm-hmm. human desire to like be altruistic or good in any scenario 
and the and the the ambition and the desire to win and the desire to advance further mm-hmm. in her career like basically just outweighed any desire to like do good but as time went on and as the seasons went on and this uh, this very well could have been purposeful because it makes a lot of sense because it there w- the show ended up being about like basically the the the, the scum that it, that is career politicians for sure and so the longer you remain in that bubble the scummier you the get. scummier you become yeah so but but i definitely like these last two seasons there was no we we were kind of liking the character in spite of the character. It was just it was fun to watch her be completely bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course the 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 writers are just so good. Incredible. It's gonna be good no matter what, and it's gonna be funny. The one liners will keep hitting. Yes. Um. And I watched. I I don't know if it was on HBO or maybe even sixty minutes where they profiled the head writer who was from Seinfeld. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some yeah. guy. I I don't recall his name, but the, he went through the process of how they write for Veep, and every single word is is scrutinized, whether you it looks like it or not. Even all these one liners that are coming at you so fast, they they change them a million different times. David Mandel, I believe, uh, okay. is the guy with the big glasses. Yes, yeah. is the guy that you're thinking of that that came over from, and he's actually. So what I believe is, yeah, he took over as showrunner after one of the after one of the early seasons Mm -hmm. um the guy that did so originally it was armando iannucci who is who's famous for for some other stuff as well actually uh the what he's uh, i can't remember what exactly he's he is famous for um anyway mandel took over for iannucci after i want to say like two or three seasons okay and so there there was some shift in the tone a little bit then mm-hmm. but uh i mean it was still like uh, the, the best part of the show is just watching julia louis dreyfus stunt all over the set she's unbelievable she's incredible and that's that's one of the things like despite the fact that they really like turned her into a heel over the last two seasons despite the fact that the last two seasons were almost just like showcasing they felt like showcases for the writing rather than the characters. Oh, uh, for point. sure. Yeah, all those one-liners are yeah. just incredible. Exactly. But watching her, like, in the in the finale, when Amy comes into the room and uh, Selena is telling her that she's going to make mm-hmm. Jonah veep. <clears throat> yeah. And Amy like drops the facade and is like, "No, don't do it." <laughs> and then, I mean, Julie Louis Dreyfus just gets to undress Amy like incredible and it is so fun to watch because she's just incredible in this role like she like she's fantastic the the cursing is 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 art it's unbelievable you know and but coming from her it's just it makes it so much more funny yeah uh, but I really enjoyed like the cast that had been since the the first season Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Gary fan I think he was incredible. <laughs> I loved him in Arrested Development, but loved him even more in this. Yeah, uh, th- this was he was awesome in this. Um, God, Dan Egan yeah. has been just <laughs> yeah. awesome as your prototypical Washington douche the entire time. One thing I really enjoyed is the evolution of Mike McClintock. Oh, that was so good. This and season. how they just like spray tanned him for the whole lesson. That was <laughs> Mike McClintock becoming like a CBS anchor. Oh God, was was like the low-key best part of this season because it was so funny. <laughs> How like a bumbling idiot of a news reporter becomes a head anchor at CBS. They put those with teeth the in his hair, mouth. The oh, veneers, incredible. the tan. Incredible. We we really loved the the scene when he when he like when he leaves BuzzFeed, goes to work for CBS. Yeah. And the guys like and the you know the producer of the show is like, and we really want you to keep in those McClintock bits. Like when you get a phone call during an interview, or it's like, or the bitchy wife. <laughs> and McClintock's just like Oh, I didn't even know I was doing those. I didn't even know I had bits. <laughs> <laughs> but he was he was great as a BuzzFeed guy too, trying to be like the young millennial yeah, yeah. writer. But uh, I love him. I love everybody in, in her like circle, Kent and Ben. Ben Kent was incredible. Kent and Ben were awesome. Yeah. Um one character that gave me the the creeps every once in a while just cuz the acting was like just a little off was her daughter, Catherine. Okay. I mean, do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. 
I, it was just like some of her, the way she delivered some of her lines, it didn't seem, and maybe it was purposeful, uh-huh. as natural as everybody else. Everybody just seemed like that's their personality, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, do you know that she is Kiefer Sutherland's daughter? Which, uh... Catherine. The, oh, Catherine? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. I did not know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Sarah Sutherland. They they changed her hair. Oh, God. <laughs> to, like, the, the kind of bowl cut thing going on. That was bad. And that was one of the things that kind of threw me. Yeah. That was, like, really bad. Yeah. Like, I, but I think that was on purpose. It had to have been. This show, I don't think this show would make a, mis- make a mistake. I know. Like right, right, right. So I love them. I, one of my favorite characters, though, like top three is Jonah. Jonah. I mean, this is – yeah. Jo- Jonah is you, – you've seen archetypes before of characters like Dan and Ben and Kent. Uh-huh. You know, kind of like the jaded politicos, right? But Jonah is something that Veep brought that was just like – completely insane and original and fun this dumb string bean of a white house assistant dumb basically. doesn't even come close and th- they really let him just you know go iso in this last season as well and lean into would you say that he was the he was trump right or was everybody kind of trump i think they all were and that's yeah. why like the the narcissism coming from selena mm-hmm. in the last two seasons doesn't it make sense i mean it's on the same timeline yeah yeah it does but Jonah, I think his character to me is just um, the writers and everybody around the show just poking fun at Washington, D.C. in general. Just like, yeah, this dipshit is just a perfect example of what's going on in that city. Well, the, the, the show, you know, it was always a send up and a satire. And in, in its last seasons almost became like a takedown of Washington, I would right. say, of politics in general, which I always just really thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, same. And, you know, they're, they're, they are, they obviously never label anybody a certain party. And in fact, in this last season, and especially in the series finale, when they're like all fighting for the, the nomination, you can't tell what party they're running for at all. I know, that's true. Um, because they're, they're running against Calhoun, who is obviously like a diehard Christian, wants to revoke gay marriage. Mm-hmm. So that makes it seem like that that like they like they may be might be uh, the Republican Party, mm-hmm. but then there's plenty of stuff that is like wait, the, the, Selena talks about how overturning gay marriage was just overturning like a simple matter of party policy, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like of party platform, um, wow. which would make you think that they're the Democrats. But so uh-huh. it's like they were clearly very vague and kind of just ha- they basically just said it's all one party, it doesn't matter. We're just gonna lump in like you know yeah. the 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 uh, the stains and the in the the unsightly nature of both of them. It really that's very true. It was the it was very hard to, to decide which side they were on. Right, which I think was and like I said, that was the point that all these people yeah. are after the same exact thing, and it's power. and it's just power. Yeah, um, I, I I always liked in the early seasons. This show was running alongside um, House of Cards. Oh, right. On Netflix. Uh-huh. And Man, it, 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 it overlapped some seasons. Uh-huh. And it was always interesting to kind of dissect like how these two shows portrayed and kind of tackled American politics. Yeah. So on Veep, everybody is, an, is a power-hungry doofus. Mm-hmm. And on House of Cards, everybody is, like, a power-hungry, like, sadistic villain. Right, that might kill you. That might kill you. Right. They're so hungry for it. <clears throat> yeah. So on, on House of Cards, like, everything is, like, dark and twisty and wrenched and just, like, scary almost. Right? It, it's scary to think about the political system after watching House of Cards. Whereas Veep is, is, is like, these people are idiots. They don't <laughs> know what they're doing. They're all just idiots. Yeah. And And— where the truth is, probably somewhere in between, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it takes a certain level of narcissism to to put yourself literally on a pedestal. But but I, <laughs> but I gotta think, at the end of the day, that it probably is closer to Veep. Absolutely, I, I would I would hope so. Like I think it is probably I, I think it is a comedy of errors most of the time. Yeah, I think that you learn the talking points, and if you can teach somebody the talking points, that is. Uh, that shows well in front of a camera uh-huh. and that pulls well with certain people, yeah. then they've got a shot. Yeah. Uh, 
one more character. Which, by I, the way, I know nothing about politics. I would like to preface. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we're not even really having this is a this is just a this is a very broad conversation about the nature of politics, right. not really, right. and about politicians in particular, not really about it's about TV shows in it, general. Any, I mean, yeah, that's what it's yeah. about. Um, but I, you know, it it had a lot to say, which was which was always fun and. Uh, in, in this last season and the last two seasons, really, I thought they did a really good job with Richard Splett. <laughs> At first, I thought he was super annoying, uh-huh. the character. Yeah. At the end, I loved yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was. His his. He was an annoyance at he, first. He was that, too but, dumb. But that was the funny part of it. Right. His na- he, his naivety was was silly. Like the mistakes he would make. Right. Were, yeah. It was to the point of like I can't watch. But in this last season, he became. He was the moral compass, essentially. Yeah. He was the guy that was, like, so naive and honest that he got extremely far because he was playing the he was playing a game that nobody else was even knew was going on. I mean, he replaced a dog right. as mayor. But, but, like, that was clearly, like, a message that this guy who just can't help but be honest about every single thing exactly. along the way is skyrockets to... The presidency. The presidency. Yeah, gets yeah. a Nobel Peace Prize. And so I thought that was pretty... Pretty funny uh-huh. to to, to kind of to throw him in there, but yeah, man, this was uh, Veep was awesome, hilarious. I laughed out loud. I think every single episode. Along I agree, the way. and that is for me. It's hard to accomplish that, mm-hmm. like getting some LOLs, the, uh, and it it was one hundred percent due to the writing, and but no, not one hundred percent due to the writing. Mostly due to the writing, but the delivery and these actors were just they were handpicked. They, they found the right people. Absolutely, and that, like th- there was not a single character miscast. They were all funny. They all lived those roles, which which made this TV show awesome. And I think that uh, Rosson actually talked about our top five uh, lot non animated comedies. Non-animated comedies. On the episode of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles that Uh I believe just came out. And Veep is like, it's close to my top five right now. Okay. Would you say that it makes yours? Yes, I would say that. Top five. Yeah, and also included uh, would be Curb, Your Enthusiasm. Okay. I mean, but these are, we could go on forever. And we did. There's a lot of honorable mentions on this Yeah, like, because Seinfeld is my all-time favorite. That's what, we both had Seinfeld as our number one. Okay, well, I mean, but see, that's not, to me, that's not in the same category as an HBO show because there's so much more depth and um, you can go further. The episodes are longer, you know. Well, then you're talking about kind of like serialized versus non-serialized. I guess so. Like whether there's, like, you you can pick up any episode of Seinfeld never having seen another episode. Exactly. And it's okay. Yes. Whereas the shows on HBO kind of run right. over an arc. Although Curb Your Enthusiasm, while it does have storylines that run through it, kind of similar in that you could pick an episode. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great show. Um, yeah. So that's uh, – I think that's about all all my notes on Veep, on man. Veep. Yeah, I love it. I think that if you're not currently um, – binging veep i would highly recommend it uh star from season one yeah if you have never watched this show we didn't really ruin anything for you today no in fact i don't even think that we spoiled what happens at the end no i mean it, it doesn't matter we, we talk about richard becoming president but that's a total afterthought it's literally yeah. in the uh very last few what, moments. what do you what do you call the the the, ep- the epilogue it's essentially the uh-huh. epilogue yeah so um I couldn't recommend this show enough. I mean, it's fantastic. If you are looking for a 30-minute comedy to add to the rotation yeah, and you've never watched Veep, absolutely. I, I miss it already for a palate. It's a good uh, palate cleanser because totally. there's a lot of serious stuff out there right that, now. That we also talked about this because we we, we you know we did a little segment on Chernobyl. I was about to say, Chernobyl is heavy. God, it's heavy. <laughs> yeah. We're on uh, the third episode, which – how many episodes are there? There are going to be five. The okay. fifth one comes out Sunday. All right. Well, we haven't watched three. We're going to watch it tonight. But boy, do you need to cleanse after that? Oh, you're about to watch three? Yes. Oh, my God. I cannot. I can't wait to get your thoughts <laughs> on it. The makeup team from uh-huh. episode three alone is going to should win just all of the awards yeah. that have to do with makeup and like and prosthetics and all of the, the injuries that I have Dude. seen so far are pretty Ooh. gruesome. Here's here's one complaint. And this is on me. I I need to do some more research on radioactive material uh-huh. and how it all works because 
it blows my freaking mind how dangerous this stuff is and yes. how quickly it can 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 get into your system yep. and just totally ruin everything. Yeah. So, uh, if you're going to get into Chernobyl, I would definitely recommend a little history lesson on radioactive material. Yeah, it, it, w- this was. I don't. I don't want to overlap too much with OCC, especially because I know a lot of people listen to, to or a lot of, of our listeners here listen to OCC. But I will just add that I, we had an interesting conversation about what was your knowledge of Chernobyl before the show came on. Uh, just whatever I had seen on TV and in books about an abandoned city that I knew that there was a nuclear um outbreak there but one year ago if i had said hey phil you know what chernobyl is you would have been like yeah right yeah yeah like like you knew of the the event nuclear meltdown in a russian city yes basically yeah okay you didn't know all about the politics all all the politics or and, and i certainly didn't have a grasp on just how deadly it was and how much of a just supreme disaster it almost was it almost was (laughs) right uh so th- there are certainly like it's it's just fascinating i mean hbo is just crushing it left and right but yes veep um watch it watch it, it the, you've got seven seasons now yeah so there's a there's a lot to binge and it's i'm actually really looking forward to it because this is this is a great show to go back and rewatch and it will absolutely be one that like gets added to that list of just like oh let's let's yeah let's go back to veep it, always go back to veep yeah it's an easy one to to, to get back on um yeah again can't can't recommend it enough it is a fantastic show all around yep all right well is that it that that's just about it man bummer that's that's about all we got for today once again patreon.com slash club cool join the cool kids yes the it's two dollars cool a month we're posting editorials we got a couple goals on there if we get to if we get enough we're gonna do the hotline we're gonna give you a bonus episode with listener questions we will be back next week. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Barrett Dudley. You can follow the podcast Instagram account at Club Cool Pod and go check out Philip's Instagram account. See his new, t- see his colored tattoo at Peebatag. Got anything else for the cool kids out there, Phil? No, thank you for listening. Thank uh, you. We love you. We love you, and we will see you next week. Bye bye.